We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, down, put, 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 put. This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. We are just over two weeks away from the 2021 NFL Draft, set to be hosted in Cleveland, Ohio. And then things get going with OTAs, offseason stuff, and then eventually training camp before the preseason and regular season. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host here, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, man, it's been a slow free agency period the past couple weeks. And I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me on this. I'm just ready for the draft. I'm ready for some more NFL and Chicago Bears news. Oh, for sure, man. It's been, it's really, I mean, we're talking about before the podcast started, it's been a really, really dead point over the last few weeks where you see these little moves every once in a while trickle through. But, I mean, if you just look at free agency list right now, there's still a decent amount of names. And, and ultimately, I think what's going to happen, and Richard Sherman's already said, and I think a lot of guys are going to be doing the same thing. A lot of these veterans that haven't signed yet are going to wait until after the draft because then that way, you know, you don't go into it where, you know, and the Bears have kind of done this too, where you, you sign some of these veterans like Marcus Trufant, or not, De- sorry, Desmond. I don't know why I always want to call him Marcus Trufant. Desmond Trufant, and then all of a sudden you go into the draft and let's just say you take, you know, a cornerback in the first or second round, and all of a sudden it's one of those things where Trufant may not even make the roster. You know, and again, a hypothetical situation, but 
there's a lot of players that don't want to be in that kind of position right now because the reality of it is there's just not a lot of money left. There, you know, a lot of teams have been struggling. We've been talking about this for months now, especially with COVID and how everything's happened. Hopefully that will that will be a thing of the past, uh, you know, moving into this year with, you know, preseason and in 17 games and everybody, you know, hopefully it'll be 100% capacity by the time the NFL season starts in September with the vaccines and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's just it's a really slow period. And, you know, luckily we're as we're recording this, we're 16 days away from the draft. So that's that's awesome news. And I think we can all kind of agree at this point. It's just kind of one of those things that, after the draft happens and you get some of these OTAs and you get some of the, you know, the veteran mini camps and stuff like that and going into the beginning part of June and then you have a long lull for about a month and a half where there's nothing. And I think, I think for a lot of us right now, it's just one of those things where we're all just ready to kind of, you know, see the draft happen, get a better idea on the Bears roster. Cause I think, you know, this offseason has been very interesting, would be the way I would put it in terms of, you know, there were some expectations moving into the offseason in terms of what they were going to do with the quarterback situation. And then, you know, all of a sudden they end up with Andy Dalton. They cut Kyle Fuller. There's a lot of holes on this roster. And, you know, as far as we know, this is this is a must win season. And, and as the Bears are currently constructed right now, uh, you know, and we kind of talked about this last podcast, I don't think they're any better. So, you know, you go into the draft, you have to hope that you're going to get two or three impact players out of that draft week one. And, you know, we'll just have to see how things go. But there's a lot of teams that are kind of in limbo right now, and the Bears are definitely one of those. Yeah, and there is, you know, a lot of um, big names still left out there. And like you said, I mean, they're just kind of waiting here until the draft is done. I mean, you look, you know, Richard Sherman, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, Jadavion Clown, even though it looks like he's going to be signing with the Browns. Uh, Russell Okun, um, Olivier Vernon, Ryan Kerrigan, Melvin Ingram's another one that kind of stands out. So, yeah, it's just – it's kind of – we saw it last offseason. We really didn't know what to expect with all of, you know, COVID-19, and then I was carrying into this offseason. There just isn't the money right now to sign players, and teams are going to wait till after the draft. Players are going to wait till after the draft when it kind of makes the most sense to reach an agreement and find their teams. And, you know, we could see some of these signings be cut eventually and some surprise cuts down the line, maybe some more to, to kind of free up some cap space. But in the Bears' case here, they, you know, they pretty much said we expected to have a couple, you know, tough decisions and one of those tough decisions was Kyle Fuller and they had to do it they had to free up cap space but you know so far I'm with you man I don't think this team got much better or any better at all from last season I think you know you look at the loss of Kyle Fuller it's going to be bigger than than we think and and yeah you can go defensive back in the first round and go defensive back in the second round it probably does ease the pain a little bit um, especially if you can find a guy like you did last year in Jalen Johnson who came in and started right away and was pretty good as rook for most of his rookie year before getting hurt yeah you can find guys like that in the draft it's just, you know, it, you got to be able to hit on those early-round guys. And the Bears are going to have a first-round pick for the first time in a couple years here. And whether they go offensive tackle, offensive guard, wide receiver, you know, defensive back, those are kind of the, the positions I'm, I think they're going to target. They have to be able to hit on that first-round pick because if they don't and, and it's a first-round bust, I mean, it kind of sets back the, the, the future of the franchise a little longer here. Well, and kind of to hit your, you know, hit a hit an earlier point that you made, you know, with with the offseason, some of the moves that they've made in terms of, you know, having to get under the cap. I mean, as of right now, with all of their moves, I mean, they're like four hundred thousand dollars under the cap. I mean, 
really what this is going to come down to, and obviously draft picks usually, you know, with the way everything's been going, mid-May to late, you know, mid-May to early June is when the majority of the draft class has been signing. The Bears are going to have to make some other moves. I mean, they're because the reality of it is, if you look at it, you know, they're probably going to make a few more free agency moves, and realistically, they're probably not going to be anything too big. They're not really going to cost much against the cap, but. When you factor in the draft class, you're looking at probably about $3.5 million actually against the cap. And then you're talking about in-season money and the different things that they got to do. You're talking about the extra two players when you go from you know the, the rule of 51 to actual 53-man roster. Then you're talking about the practice squad, you know, 10 to 12 players there. I mean, you're talking about a multitude of different things that aren't even being calculated right now. The Bears probably need to, you know, conservatively speaking, the Bears probably need to cut I'd say for you know get another eight to ten million dollars cap space and obviously they can move some money around and kind of like we've talked about you know it's one of those things Ryan Pace for the most part has done a good job of not putting the Bears future in too much of a risk in terms of how much money he's kicked down the road uh luckily thank God um but yeah kind of looking towards the draft I mean like you said they they've got to get some impact players and kind of to your point about Kyle Fuller and you know even if you go out and you draft a corner in the first or second round as we saw last year with a guy like Jalen Johnson there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, man. Rookie corners as a whole, you're never safe and you're rarely going to get top-end production. I mean, just look at Jeff Okuda last year with uh, with the Lions. I mean, it was one of those situations. He was a top-five pick at corner. And, you know, he ended up having a pretty bad year. You know, and it's like you start looking, and like I said, Jalen Johnson had an up-and-down year. He had his moments, and then obviously, you know, with health and stuff like that. So it's like even if you draft a corner in the first or second round or even the third round, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to produce at even half the level of Kyle Fuller. Obviously, you're going to be expecting Jalen Johnson to step up and everything around him. But, again, you know, there's just some there's some questions that need to be answered, and, you know, it's one of those situations you look at. The Bears still have a lot of money tied up on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, when you're looking at the, the overall spending and the, I guess, basically the, the, the average of, you know, what they're spending on offense versus defense, I mean, the defense is still taking it. And when you really look at what they've done this offseason for the most part, outside of Andy Dalton and a few depth offensive line signings, uh, you, I mean, they really haven't touched the offense. And I think, you know, there's been even more news, I guess you could say, with Ian Rappaport coming out and saying that there's plenty of teams interested in Anthony Miller and, you know, the, this is going to be a developing story, blah, blah, blah. I think we can all safely assume at this point that Anthony Miller is going to get traded before the draft or during the draft. I, I, he's gone. I mean, I actually forgot. I don't even know how I forgot this, but George McCaskey went on and did a radio spot uh, shortly after the playoff game, I think it was actually right about the time. I think he did like the media tour right after he did, you know, that terrible press conference that they had. And he basically said, you know, like we told Anthony Miller before this game that, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner, whatever the, the Johnson Gardner, whatever his name is, uh, was a punk. And, you know, we warned him and we told him, you know, he just saw Javon Wims have the same thing happen to him. And then he goes out and does that. He said, so, you know, in terms of, what I believe, you know, what he did was much worse than what Javon Wims did. And then he was also asked, you know, do you think that he's going to be on the roster? And he said, that's not my decision to make. And it's like, well, it kind of is. You're the owner. So I think that kind of says everything it needs to. Anthony Miller's done in the Bears uniform. I know I caught some crap for saying 
I do think, dude, Anthony Miller is highly, highly talented. I mean, I think a lot of people look at the mistakes that he's made and some of the dumb things that he's done and just the fact that he hasn't caught on in this complex offense and they think he's a bad player. He's a very, very talented player. Obviously, he needs to clean up the mental aspect of his game. He needs to stop freelancing on routes. He needs to be more consistent in his route depth and his, his catching abilities and everything else. But, I mean, the dude still has talent. I don't think he's going to get anything, you know, huge back for the Bears, but it's still a loss. And, you know, now you're talking about your you know, your projected number three receiver right now would be somebody like Javon Wims. I, you, you can't do that. You just can't. So I think, again, kind of going back to your point about, you know, talking about what they're going to do over the first, let's just say, three rounds of the draft. I mean, obviously you got corners in need. Uh, safety is a potential need depending on what they do with Deshaun Gibson. And then you look at the offense side of the ball, you've got offensive tackle that's going to be a need. You've got receiver that's going to be a need, maybe tight end, depending on, you know, what goes on there. I mean, Jimmy Graham is, you know, in his, you know, at the wrong side of 30. But I, I think – Kind of an interesting thing to monitor moving forward, and obviously the quarterback situation, which we've pounded into the ground. Um, I think one of the interesting things moving forward to watch is, again, you know, you're looking at the receiver position, and Darnell Mooney should have a better year than he had last year, and that's saying something because he had a pretty dang good year last year. Uh, but obviously Allen Robinson's future's up in, in the air a little bit. So you're looking at receiver and you're saying, okay, like not only do they lack depth and they're probably going to lack a third receiver, but, the, the, you know, when you're looking at the 2022 and beyond, I mean, there's virtually zero answers outside of Darnell Mooney, at least for sure answers right now, unless they get something done with Allen Robinson. But then you flip it over to the offensive tackle side and you've got Jermaine Effetti on a one-year deal. You've got Elijah Wilkerson on a one-year deal. You've got, um, you know, Alex Bars who – you know, I guess you could try to at least, you know, put some competition out there and, and see if he can beat out a guy like a Fetty for at right tackle, but that's no sure thing. I mean, he's he's an undrafted free agent. And then you start looking at it and you say, okay, well, Charles Leno was actually in the last year of his deal too. So you're also facing a situation in 2022 where your offense is already bad. You're not, well, I guess Nick Foles is technically going to be under contract if he's still with the Bears, but you're, you're going to have Nick Foles under contract at quarterback. You're going to have no offensive starting caliber offensive tackle under contract um, moving into 2022 as it stands right now. And you look at the receiving side of the ball, and let's just say, you know, they trade Anthony Miller and they trade Allen Robinson, or, they, you know, Allen Robinson signs elsewhere in 2022 and they don't tag him again. Then all of a sudden you're looking at an offense that is way, way worse, plus Jimmy Graham's on the last year of his deal as well. So, again, it's kind of a multi-layered thing where you have to look at this roster offensively. I understand corners in need. I also understand that if you look out on the free agent market right now, you got names like Steven Nelson and Casey Hayward and Richard Sherman that are all out there that you can probably get at a pretty reasonable price right now. And I think that the Bears – I think the Bears would be smart. Obviously, you want to go best player available at your needs, but I think the Bears would be smart to use that avenue because realistically right now, the Bears just don't have the resources within the draft to sink any sure pick into the corner side of the ball because, again, you have to look at the offense. They need another receiver. You can argue that they need another tight end. They absolutely need an offensive tackle. And I think, you know, at very, very worst, you're going to have to spend probably a second or third round pick on a quarterback, whether that's Kellen Mond, whether that's Davis Mills, uh, whether that's Kyle Trask, hopefully not. That would be terrible. But you get my point. You know, it, it's one of those situations where you're looking at a you're looking at a very limited upside offense. Even if they perform at a higher level this year, there's a lot of uncertainty moving into 2022, which is really why 
I man, I, I and I know Brad Biggs and a few other people have been pushing it that corners at the top of their needs list. I understand, but at the same time, like when you're really looking for longevity on the offensive side of the ball, you've really got to pour at least two of these three first, you know, these first three picks in on the offensive side of the ball. And man, again, it's one of those things. If you're really trying to, assuming that they don't trade up or whatever, you know, if you're really trying to force a quarterback pick, uh, you know, in the second round or whatever, even the third round, you're taking away from a lot of other talent there. And especially if you're trying to force a corner pick in there as well, then that really only leaves you either an offensive tackle or a receiver. Uh, man, it's just it's a tough situation. Again, I'm not trying to be a downer here. It's just it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bears approach the draft. And knowing that these top three picks are going to be very valuable to them because, again, they need production. They don't have a fourth-round pick. They're going to have a fifth-round pick and a multitude of sixth-round picks. But they need the production, um, you know, out of those first three picks and hopefully one of those other, you know, the, the fifth-round pick or sixth-round picks that they have to be able to produce year one because they, they, they just need a lot of help. And especially on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they're they're lacking a lot right now. Yeah, and, and back to the Anthony Miller point. Um, since the last time we talked, you know, Ian Rapport did say that the Bears are getting interest, receiving interest, you know, in the wide receiver as he's going into his fourth and final year of his rookie deal. And I'm with you. I, I do think that we're going to see him traded, whether it is in the next two weeks or whether it is during the NFL draft. I, I I'd probably bet that it'll be during the draft. Maybe a team looking to maybe move up. Um, and put him in a package um, as a deal. I just don't think he'll be back next year. And it goes back to, you know, even before what George McCaskey said. I mean, when Matt Nagy revealed in the press conference, literally right after the the loss to the Saints in the wildcard round, you know, he said, yeah, we spent about 15, 20 minutes one day showing highlights of, of Gardner Johnson and his antics, not only from the previous Bears game, but other games, you know, for, against other teams this season. And then Anthony Miller still went and, and, and did that. And, you know, for me, I think you're right. It's not a matter of the talent in Anthony Miller. I do think he's a talented player. I think he can be a really good receiver in this league. I don't know if he can reach the elite level. He's got the talent. I mean, he's got good hands. He he's, he seems like he, he's a, at least a solid route runner. Um, he doesn't have top end speed, but can be a nice complementary piece to an offense that has a number one wide receiver and a speed wide receiver like Chicago's. He just has to put it all together up there and make sure that you know he can't let you know anyone get into his head and, and let things get the best of him because that's when, you know, if you watch him, that's when he turns down and he just kind of completely loses it and loses his confidence. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he won't, you know, I, I've been operating this offseason with my mocks and position ranking stuff that he won't be on the team um, come training camp in, in week one. And that's why, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out a wide receiver at all in the first round. I think this is another deep wide receiver class. Last year's class was supposed to be one of the best in, you know, years and possibly NFL history going into it. And the Bears found a steal in Darnell Mooney in round five. I don't know if this wide receiver class is that good where you're going to see talent push back to round five, but I do think you'll see some talented wide receivers, um, be there at number 20 and also be there at number 52. And, you know, guys like Rashad Bateman, um, in the first round, potentially a, a guy like Rondale Moore, or Kadarius Tony, both have this kind of similar skill set where they're, you know, smaller 
wide receivers, but quick, can be used in the backfield. And, you know, maybe kind of play the role that Matt Nagy dreamed Cordell Patterson played and it just never worked out. And then you look in the second round and you got a guys like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. You have um, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. And then even, you know, Diami Brown out of North Carolina. Those are three guys right there that could be sitting there in the second round, potentially get pushed back to the third round. I just kind of see, you know, maybe the Bears have a scenario where there's just so much talent at quarterback and wide receiver, defensive back, and offensive tackle in that first round that it kind of benefits them because it pushes talented guys back. And Ryan Pace, you know, might be looking at best his best player available strategy, and it could be a wide receiver sitting there. And I I, I don't know. I, I think you'll agree with me, Aaron. I think it's just a position that when we list the Bears' needs, I think the first three things that come to everyone's mind are – quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive back, and you know, probably rightfully so, but I, I just don't think wide receivers getting enough attention in terms of it being a legit need or a legit option for the Bears in the first round. Well, at least for me, I mean, I've I've had a receiver high because, again, really what this comes down to is when you really look at it, even if you're just looking at this year alone, which you should never do with a draft, you should always be projecting towards the future. Again, even if you're looking at this year alone, you're still in need of a better third receiver because let's just be honest right now, man. You cannot go into the season with Javon Wims and Riley Ridley pushing for the third receiver spot. I mean, that's... That is a, a disaster waiting to happen. But again, when you look towards 2022 and beyond, the only real receiver of worth under contract is going to be Darnell Mooney. So, you know, and it, it's this this receiver class is very interesting to me as well because you look at it and there's a multitude of different guys. I mean, I'm just going to assume right now that both Bama receivers and you know Waddle and, and uh, Smith and then obviously uh, Jamar Chase are going to be off the board by that point. But then you start looking. And, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I mean, there is a multitude of different receivers that the Bears could go with at 20, have pretty good value in doing so, or they could wait until the second round and still get some good value there. This probably isn't quite as good of a receiver class as it was last year, um, but it's definitely a good one. But, I mean, you look at guys, I mean, just to kind of name some names off the top of my head here, you got Rashad Bateman who is probably not, you know, he's not quite as tall as you, you know, want for your possession receiver, kind of like Allen Robinson, but he does have some good explosion. He's a good athlete. He's a, he's a, you know, he's, he's a good receiver overall. And so if you want to go for the bigger body, you know, him or somebody like Terrace Marshall could make some sense. Or if you want to go for, you know, kind of the more speed threat, I mean, you can go with somebody like Kadarius Tony, who, you know, he doesn't have that like crazy, crazy top end speed, but he's super shifty, kind of like Tariq Cohen, but he is bigger. Um, he's about six feet tall. He's obviously a little thicker as well. I mean, really the big knock on him is he has one real year of production, but I mean, you got Rondell Moore out there. Um, you got Elijah Moore. I mean, there's a multitude of different ways that the Bears could go with receiver over the first two rounds of the draft, even if they wanted to trade back. And that's kind of where you look at it and you say, okay, you know, really take the quarterback out of the equation here. You know, just not, not even focus on quarterback, not even focus on trading up here. When, when you're looking at what the Bears are going to be able to get at 20 in terms of overall value, I mean, the Bears are going to have a lot of very, very good options. This is a very talented draft class, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we just talked about some of the receivers. You look at the offensive tackle class right now, and, you know, I, I think obviously at this point, um, you know, Panay Sewell, Sewell, Sewell uh, is going to be going. Obviously, cool. he'll be the first tackle off the board. 
And you got guys like Rashawn Slater, who, you know, it's kind of one of those, you don't know where he's going to go. He's probably going to be gone before the Bears, you know, pick. And then you have uh, Vera Tucker, who's also out there. He's projected probably more as an offensive guard, but he could still be a pretty, pretty good offensive tackle. Christian Derrissaw is another one that he's probably my favorite in terms of what the Bears are probably going to be able to get. He may go a little sooner. Um, and then obviously even a guy like Tevin Jenkins. I mean, there's a lot of different options for the Bears at the offensive line position. Again, like where they're picking at 20, if you take the quarterback out of the equation, the Bears are actually in a really good spot. There's going to be some very, very, very good talent on the board where, again, you can never guarantee anything picking at any pick that, you know, whatever it may be. But I do think that the Bears are going to get an absolute day one contributor uh, if they were to stick at 20, assuming that they don't trade up or, you know, trade back or whatever it may be. So, you know, it's, but again, I mean, you really start looking at the needs and corner became a need because they trade, they, you know, they cut uh, Kyle Fuller. I still, for the life of me, cannot understand why they decided to cut Fuller instead of Akeem Hicks, especially when you look at what they have with depth on the defensive line. But Again, I mean, safety is another one. Um, you know, inside linebacker, you're going to have to start thinking about at some point. Probably not this year, but, I mean, Danny Trevathan only got a three-year deal last year, and really he hasn't looked like the same player. Um, you know, and then, like I said, edge rusher is another one where you, you've got some solid depth there, and obviously you're stuck with Robert Quinn for another year. But, really, you can look at this, you can look at this entire team right now, and I think you can kind of make an argument that, you know, really any position makes sense. I mean, tight end would make sense if there was somebody worthy of a first-round pick outside of Kyle Pitts, and Pitts is going to be long gone by the time the Bears pick. But, again, there, especially when you're talking offensive talent, man, there's going to be a lot of good offensive talent on the board at 20, assuming that's where the Bears pick. And, you know, again, if it's me, especially when you're kind of looking at these corners a little bit, you know, and and that's kind of the thing. A lot of these, a lot of these top corners – while they may be very, very talented, the issue with a lot of them is, or the question with a lot of them is health. I mean, you look at J.C. Horn's one. Uh, you, you know, you look at uh, Newsom is another one who who's had some health issues, and then obviously uh, Caleb Farley is another one that's had some health issues. Like, there's no real sure thing at corner. And again, corner is a very volatile position, regardless of where you take it, especially if you take it in the first round. So. If it was me and the Bears stay at 20 and, you know, Matt Jones or whoever isn't, isn't on the board, which let's be real, five quarterbacks are probably going within the top 10, top 12 at this point. Um, you know, you're going to be looking at some good talent when you're looking at the offensive line and looking at receiver. That would be, that would be where I'd be looking at. And personally, I think that the drop off in terms of talent with offensive line, especially offensive tackle, uh, versus receiver going from round one to round two, the drop off at offensive tackle is is slightly more steep. Now you can probably still get a starting caliber offensive lineman in in, in you know in day two of the draft, but I think there's a lot more to like at receiver um, if you're looking you know the take a you know whatever you're going to do in the second round. If it, if it's me personally, I'm going offensive tackle, and I think one of Darisaw or Tevin Jenkins is going to be there, and I think either one of those guys absolutely slot at week one um, at right tackle. And I think that, you know, you can make an argument that those guys can develop at right tackle this year and slide over to left tackle next year. And then you can kind of, you know, rotate, rotate the, uh, the two offensive tackles that you needed to replace. Cause again, like we, like we talked about moving into the season, it was never realistic for the Bears to go into this offseason and replace both of their offensive tackles. It was just never, it was never going to happen. So the only way to really start this is you, you got to take one at some point. And again, this is a good tackle class. It's, it's very, I will say it's top heavy. And I think that the Bears are going to have a chance at one of those top, in my opinion, the top four tackles, because I'm not counting Barrett Tucker. Tucker is a tackle. I think he's going to be more of an, a guard or, you know, an interior lineman. 
But when you look at those those four tackles on the board, whether that's uh, Sewell, um, whether that's uh, you know uh, Slater, whether that's Derisaw, or whether that's Jenkins, there is some really really good talent that's going to be on the board at offensive tackle. And that's where I, that's my personal take. That's where I would go at twenty. I don't know if they will, but that's where I'd go. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, for, for me, it comes down to I'd be happy with an offensive tackle. I'd be happy with a defensive back. I'd be happy with a wide receiver at number 20. Um, I don't mention quarterback because, like you pointed out, I do think five quarterbacks are going to go right away in the first round. I think we can see five in the top 10, top 12, top 15 at worst. Um, so, so you know, unless the Bears trade up, I don't think quarterback is is good option there. I would be very disappointed if I saw, you know, Davis Mills or Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask's name come across that ticker be announced for the Chicago Bears at number 20. That would just, for me, that would be worst case scenario. I just think there's there's too many needs and too much talent at positions like offensive tackle, at wide receiver, at defensive back, um, maybe even inside linebacker to pass up. Um, at number 20. And another position that I, I kind of think is not being talked about as much and it's, it's being mocked a little bit um, is the edge rusher position because if one of these edge rushers um, – excuse me, if one of these edge rushers falls uh, to number 20, it really wouldn't surprise me to see, um, you know, the Bears go that route. I, I don't think it's a top position of need, but if you're looking at a guy and you see, like, um, I'm going to butcher this name totally, but Aziz Ojolari from uh, Georgia, or maybe even uh, Greg Rousseau out of Miami, someone like that, maybe Fall, uh, Pay out of um, Michigan, a guy that can get after the quarterback, I don't think we should rule it out for the Bears, especially if they do go that best player available. It, like I said, it's not in my top three of, of what I want them to do. But it is an option. I've seen it be talked about a little, you know, a little more here as we're getting closer to the draft. Now, you know, before we kind of wrap this episode up, um, we're going to have more complete draft coverage next week. Working on a guest to come to come in and a national guest to talk to you guys, get a national perspective on the Bears, and the following week, kind of bring in a local draft guy to to give his thoughts on the Bears as well. Um, so we'll have plenty more draft coverage, but. I kind of want to float this out there for you, Aaron. And it's something that's been talked about on Bears Twitter, you know, over the past couple of weeks. And especially with that report of, you know, Atlanta taking phone calls, uh, for number four overall, uh, as it stands now, I, I really, I don't know what they're going to do because they've had some weird tweets, um, spotlighting player like Trey Lance that, that their own website has done. I don't know if that's just to drive the price up on the pick or if they are considering quarterback. There's also, you know, Peter King coming out and saying that he thinks for Kyle Pitts, Atlanta's the best fit. I tend to agree with him. I think Kyle Pitts going there because they're going to keep Matt Ryan. Adding that dimension to their offense might not be a bad idea. 
they do have a lot of options at four. They can trade back. They they can take you know an offensive tackle. They can take Kyle Pitts. Um, they could take a quarterback and shock everyone. In, in your eyes, let me ask you this: If the Bears are one of those teams that's calling, are you okay with them kind of mortgaging the future because it's going to cost a lot to get up there at number four? And if they do, it's obviously going to be for a quarterback. What are kind of your thoughts on maybe the Bears potentially being rumored as a team trying to move up in this draft at number four overall? Well, let me just say this, because you just threw out a scenario just a minute ago that would be an absolute nightmare. If the Bears take one of Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or Kyle Trask at number 20, Ryan Pace needs to be escorted out of Hallis Hall by security immediately. We might have to end the podcast if that happens. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, there will be a riot at Hallis Hall because that just would be one of the, you know, just completely unacceptable. Now what I will say with that, with the quarterback thing is, I would not be remotely shocked if they end up reaching hard for a quarterback in the second round. But kind of going back to, you know, your question about number four here, I think it really depends on who's, who's on the board, right? Because, you know, when you look at when you look at the quarterbacks that are rumored right now, we know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. We damn well pretty much know right now that that uh, Zach Wilson is going number two, which again breaks my heart because I I I don't know, man. I I, I think the upside of Trevor Lawrence is higher, and I think he's a more polished prospect coming out. Um, but I do think Zach Wilson is going to be the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. And that's saying a lot because I think this is a very good quarterback class, and this is not hyperbole. This is not just something I'm going along with. And I've I've really liked Zach Wilson for a while. I think Zach Wilson has all the potential in the world, and I think he has a lot to like. But really what it comes down to is who is San Francisco taking? Because, you know, you can make an argument for any of these three quarterbacks, whether it's Mac Jones, which – I'm, I'm going to go out on record. I, I think a lot of people fall, probably feel this this way. I'm going to go out on record and say if, if Mac Jones is number three overall pick, if, if San Francisco just traded up to do that, it's a joke and John Lynch needs to be fired because it, you, I don't care how you feel. I, I, I really don't. I don't really care how you feel about Mac Jones. Mac Jones, you know, even if you're high on Mac Jones for what it is, the reality of it is, is Mac Jones is not the number three overall pick. He's not number three overall. He really, in most draft classes, he's probably a back end first round pick. Um, and that's, I mean, that's being pretty optimistic. So again, I mean, if San Francisco takes Mac Jones, then all of a sudden you're looking at a position where, to me, you've got the third and fourth best quarterback on the board. And let's just hypothetically say the Bears really like one of those guys because here's the thing you can't go if you're the bears you can't go into this quarterback evaluation and say okay we really like trevor lawrence we really like zach wilson well that's great but they were never real options to begin with so you have to you're not picking from lesser options you have to look at these three quarterbacks and say okay you know do we really like these three guys, right? Because I would make an argument that, you know, these these three quarterbacks that just win are probably better than anything that we saw last year. I mean, Justin Herbert's probably going to be really good. Joe Burrow's probably going to be really good. But I think that this quarterback class as a whole is really, really damn good. And the um, the upside is immense with this quarterback class. And to me, Again, I don't think Mac Jones is worth it. I honestly wouldn't even really feel that great if the Bears took Mac Jones at 20. I wouldn't be outraged by it, but I don't think Mac Jones is going to be that good. I think it's going to be completely dependent on offense. But I think if you're looking at it with Justin Fields and Trey Lance, especially Justin Fields, I think Justin Fields, he's my number three quarterback. Trey Lance is my number four quarterback. I do think that Lance has a higher ceiling. 
But I do worry about, especially when you look at the Bears' track record or lack thereof of developing quarterbacks and, and, and giving what they need, especially with the stability. I don't know that Trey Lance is somebody that I want coming into this offense because here's the reality, and this is something that a lot of people I think are kind of forgetting is both Trey Lance and Mac Jones are basically one-year starters, one-year plus, you know, being generous, but neither one of these guys started two full seasons. So, you know, with Trey Lance, I mean, he's got an amazing arm. He's very athletic. He's big. He's a, he's a thick dude. Like he he's going to he's going to hold up. He he's, you know, he's again, he's athletic, but he's also got the arm to go with it. He's a little bit more raw though. Again, you know, you're talking about a guy that's barely started over a year of college football at North Dakota State. I mean, the, the the level of competition has not been great. So there's a lot of risk in that pick. And again, if this was the Kansas City Chiefs or the New Orleans Saints or the New England Patriots, I trust that development 100%. I don't think I trust that with the Bears. I think, I again, I think Trey Lance is going to be a very good quarterback is assuming that he goes to the right team. I don't think the Bears are the right team. With a guy like Justin Fields, my girlfriend is an Ohio State fan. I watched every Ohio State game this year, which isn't saying much. It wasn't a ton of them. Justin Fields is a very good quarterback. He's got a very good arm. He's athletic. He's not, again, he's not Trey Lance athletic. Or he, I guess he could be, but he's not a runner. You know, he's 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 more of a kind of a Dak Prescott or like a Russell Wilson type of runner. Um, you know, he, he's he's got the athleticism. But I think with Justin Fields, he's a lot more polished than people give him credit for. And I, and I think that's kind of the thing, the narrative going around about him being a first-read quarterback did he have tendencies at times? Absolutely. But he also went through his progressions quite well on a pretty regular basis, facing some pretty dang good defenses and carving a lot of good defenses up. So I think with me, if if Justin Fields, let's just say, you know, hypothetically speaking, Matt Jones or Trey Lance goes number three and the Bears have a chance to get Justin Fields, I'm absolutely 100% doing it. Because, again, you know, you're taking a big risk. And don't get me wrong, you're taking a big risk here because we don't know – whether or not this regime this regime is going to be here in 2022. I mean, we just don't know that because there, there's a lot of turmoil going around. There's a lot of confusion as to, you know, the, the leash on these, you know, on both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's job. What I will say is I think if you, if George McCaskey allows them to mortgage a future and trade up, you automatically have to guarantee them at least one more year. You cannot do the same thing that you did at Trubisky and change everything up after one year. That, that rarely works out for a quarterback. That rarely works out for a rookie quarterback, more of the point. If you take, if you trade up and you get somebody like a, a, a you know, a, a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, you absolutely need your, you know, your stability to be there for at least two seasons to really see what you have. Um, so yeah, I would, I personally, um, again, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd be really happy with Lance. I'd just be scared to death that the Bears would actually be able to develop him correctly. Um, but yeah, I, I think if either one of those two guys are on the board and one of them absolutely will be at number four and that pick really is available. Cause like you pointed out, I mean, they, they're doing a very, very good job of masking what they want to do right now because they've, they've released those draft profiles. They've been at every single quarterback pro day, um, for all top five of these quarterbacks. So again, they're doing a really good job of it. My guess is personally follow the money right now. Matt Ryan just had a bunch of money kicked down the road with his contract. They just reworked his deal. I mean, he's locked in there for this year and next year. I, I I would find it very, very, very hard to believe because of how the money and everything is structured. I find it very hard to believe that Matt Ryan is not going to be the quarterback there next year, which 
when you look at it, especially in today's modern NFL era, you don't draft a quarterback and let him sit for two years if if that's really what you're going to do, especially that high up. So I don't think Atlanta's I don't think Atlanta's taking a quarterback. I don't know. I mean, maybe they maybe they take the pick. Maybe there's not enough interest at number four, um, just because three quarterbacks are going to go off the board. I don't know, but yeah, if 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 one of those two are available, which they will be, and the Bears have an opportunity, preferably Justin Fields, because for the reasons that I mentioned, I think the Bears should absolutely jump on it. Now, do I think they will? I I don't because the other thing the other level of this you have to look at is do the Falcons really want to drop 16 spots? Do they really want to go? You know the Bears are gonna to have to mortgage their future obviously, but do the Falcons really want to go from four to 20? And that's I, I think that's going to be a big question to be answered as well because they could pull something kind of like what happened with the San Francisco trade where they trade you know they trade back and then they trade up again and they still get some of that that uh, you know that draft capital or whatever it may be, but. I don't know, man. I, I think it's one of those situations where I think the Bears' better chance of trading up for one of these quarterbacks, which I don't think is remotely high at all. I think their best chance of making, you know, a trade for one of these one of these quarterbacks is going to be if these guys fall to like seven or eight. Yeah, and you bring up a couple of good points. I, I agree. I think you know, for me, it's, it's Trey Lance, it's Justin Fields who you're trading up for. Um, and I do think you know this draft is really going to start with San Francisco and Atlanta. I think those two picks are really going to determine the rest of this NFL draft in terms of the first round, because we know Trevor Lawrence is going one. He's already got the playbook in Jacksonville, essentially. Um, Zach Wilson's going number two to the Jets, and San Francisco traded up for. Quarterback, so I, I do think you know whoever San Francisco takes, I I can't believe the smoke and the rumors that they're going to take Mac Jones. I think that would just be, in, I'm, I'm not the biggest Matt Jones Mac Jones fan. I don't think he's going to be terrible, but I just I don't think you trade up for him at number three and pass on Trey Lance or um, Justin Fields. So I think Lance or Fields are going to be gone at three. I think four will really then kind of kick things off because you know another team could trade up and land that pick and go a quarterback or another position. You know, if Kyle Pitts is sitting there and a team really loves him, they want to go up and move there. So, yeah, and I do think you bring up another good point of who wants to fall back to number 20. You look at the past trades that have happened now with Miami um, giving up their pick and falling back, but they got right back into that top 10. Philadelphia, Philadelphia even fell out, but they're right, what, number 11. So they're right there in that top 10 or hovering around that top 10. The Bears are at 20. Realistically, I mean, getting up to number four is going to cost a lot, but you also have to look at it from the other team's angle. Do they want to go back to number 20, especially a Falcons team as a new head coach? They need to win now as well. They're in a big year as well. They they really need to show that, hey, we we got to turn things around, and they can't blow a, a fourth overall selection. Why would they want to go back to number 20? So, yeah, I think realistically the Bears moving up would probably be in that 12, maybe 10 to 16 range, maybe around there if, if something like Mac Jones does fall or um, a guy like Patrick Sertan, someone that they they might really like, um, one of the offensive tackles or Sean Slater falls. I can see them moving up. I just think you know the chances of them going up to get a quarterback right now are, are very minimal, and I think we're going to get a quarterback round two or round three. And I think it's going to be Trask, Mills, or um, Kellen Mond. I just can't really see them waiting much longer. I don't think, you know, waiting for a Sam Ellinger or a Jamie Newman, um, a player like that really makes sense for this regime, um, especially when you and I both think that it is a win-now 
season. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, though. It could be a wild draft night. But for me, it's really not going to start until those third and fourth picks. I think that's going to really dictate a lot of, of what's going to happen the rest of the way. So, Aaron, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Perfect. You can follow the Bear Report at just Bear Report on Twitter, and then you can follow me at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And you can read all of our work and, and all the draft coverage we got going on right now at BearReport.com. Also, don't forget, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, as well as the Picks for Pace podcast on all major podcasting platforms. They have two shows coming out this week. We have a show today today that we're doing, the one you're listening to. We'll have two more before the draft. They will have a couple more before the draft. And then uh, the off season. the rest of the uh, off season begins with OTAs. So check back with us. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.